0: On this episode of the GESC Podcast, I sit down with Randy Lake in my first in a series of interviews with board members who made our new space possible. So taking on a little bit of a different format this week, a shorter episode, but a very important one nonetheless. Actors to your places, podcast listeners to your earbuds, join us as we make our great escape. This will be our second time talking to Randy Lake. For those of you who missed your first opportunity to hear an interview with Randy, please check out episode 5, Miracle Worker 4. And I promise I'll come up with a much better way of numbering those episodes one of these days. Now this time, it's going to be Randy without John. But the reason why I wanted to talk to Randy first by himself was because for most of us, Randy is the heart and soul of The Great Escape. Sorry, Randy, I've got a gush for a minute here. Uh, Randy is the person, as we will see in this interview, who ended up running this organization by himself for a number of years. That's not to say that, of course, Randy didn't have help here and there, but as far as directing, uh, making artistic decisions, acting, set building, so much of that was Randy. So I thought, let's start off this series of interviews with Randy himself. Now, after this, I hope to speak to other members of the board, hear their perspective on the very long, <laughs> very, in its own regard, dramatic story of our move from our old space to our new. So, without any further ado, let's switch over and let's talk to Randy. Okay, Randy Lake. Thank you so much for joining us, and happy birthday too, Thanks. by the way. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so. Walk us through what things were like in the early days of The Great Escape before we were in our new space here.
1: I, I can't remember if we've talked about it before, but Great Escape uh, worked at the Frank Center for the first year. Uh, we managed to do an, a series of staged readings, is what we called them, in, in the downstairs at the Frank, uh, in their lower level. And we did four shows, I believe, that summer. And they were basically one-week rehearsals and three performances of a show with the actors holding the scripts in their hands. And we had full staging and sets and costumes and props and lights. Uh, And it was a a great way to kind of expose the area audiences to some scripts that normally wouldn't be done uh, in the area. And it also kind of let people know who we were a little bit. So we were there, and then we decided to do a fully staged version of the comedy Lend Me a Tenor. And we were working again in their lower level, and anybody who's ever worked at the Frank knows it's a very busy place. There's a lot mm. of things going on, <laughs> and rehearsal space was at a, was at a premium. And we ended up renting uh, 155 West Michigan Avenue, the old Heritage Dry Cleaners building, because it was empty at that point, to rehearse in and to build our sets. And we ended up doing the show at the Frank Center, moving all the sets down and putting them all in place. And after we did that show, somebody said, you know... It, it was kind of difficult to do this. We should have just done it at 155 West Michigan. And at that point, kind of the light bulb went off, and I, and I called uh, the Plasmans, who owned the building and had been so kind to let us use it. I, in fact, I don't even think we paid rent. I think we just used it to build our sets in. And said, would you consider renting us the building? And so they said yes. We moved down there in the end of November. We cleaned it in three days, I think, and ended up doing a Christmas cabaret uh, there, I think like the 5th of December, and then we opened our first production, which was a one-man version of A Christmas Carol, which had two men in it, which was kind of funny, uh, <laughs> but, but John Sherwood and I, uh, who we talked in one of the other podcasts, kind of put that show together, he did a cutting, I played the one man, he played Charles Dickens, and we did, I think, 18 performances of that, uh, throughout the month of December, and we had very small audiences, but very enthusiastic support from people. And that, right. that kind of kick-started us into thinking, well, let's let's see where this goes. And I think our first year, we did 10 different productions, and it was always kind of a, did we make enough money from this show to do another show? Yeah, we did. Yeah, good. Uh, and so it was very, very piecemeal. It, it was I did a lot of the work, a lot of the, I did all the set building and and tech for those shows and um, called in a lot of favors from friends if I needed something that I had no knowledge of and we just kind of started from their baby steps. so.
0: So moving ahead in time, walk us through the thought process when you made the decision to move from the old space to the new.
1: Well, the one thing we found in our old space, uh, no matter how we configured the space or set up the audience or set up the stage, we always ended up with about 42 seats. (laughs) Uh, It was just kind of our magic number. Hey, we have 42 seats. And it was a matter of we realized in the last year or two that we were there. Our first weekends, we did a good business, but we never sold out any of the shows. Maybe I can't say we never, because there were certain shows like Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, yes. From the time we opened, I think our opening night, we had 40 rather than 42. And other than that, we sold out every night. But we found that our second weekends were always sold out. We turned people away. We, we We needed more chairs, but there was nowhere to put them. So it felt like the theater had gained enough of a following and enough of an audience that was loyal to what we did that the idea of a new space wasn't out of the question other than monetarily. Uh, and then one of our benefactors stepped forward and said, uh, should you guys ever decide you want a space of your own, talk to me, uh, I might be able to help you financially at least starting out. Uh, so that put the bug in our ear. And by that point, the board was in place too. And, and the board talked about it and said, well, that's, Let's look at it, let's not rule it out. Um, And as it was, what we were paying in monthly rent uh, for the other building, we found that we could channel that into a mortgage and it it actually made more economical sense for us to buy a building than to rent. So um, that's kind of what started it. We We looked at a number of buildings and we found the current building that we're in, where the Keystone architecture was and realized it was kind of had everything that we needed, and the timing was right, and we went from there.
0: Now, I know that at that point, there are so many details and so many amazing things that happen in the very long narrative that is the move from the old (laughs) to the new, Uh, but from your perspective, what were some highlights of that experience?
1: What was fun was that uh, I've worked in a lot of theaters, and I've never had the opportunity to build from the ground up. So when we, we bought the building, I think we, we took possession in November of last year, 2016. Uh, we had an, a nice open house in December to kind of show people this is the space as we bought it. And then in uh, January, we tore down everything that was here. We kind of gutted the place. And then we started fresh in February actually building. But the, the design process during the month of January was was. Fun because Charles Lang, uh, who sits on our board, uh, one of his watch cries was, "Well, tell me what you dream. Tell me what you really would like to see here. Don't worry about how we're going to do it or how we're going to figure out how to pay for it. Just tell me what you what you think the theater should have." So he gave me free reign to, to kind of think creatively. Luckily, I, I'm not a grandiose person, I don't think. <laughs> and so I could say, well, I want it simple. I want it like this. I, you know, I, I think just a, a simple lobby and bathrooms and a theater is really, it's such a step up from where we were at. Let's just aim for that. And so that process of, of designing it, laying it out, seeing it come to fruition when the framers came in and, and built those first walls, I mm-hmm. thought, wow, this is actually going to work. <laughs> uh, and, and just the volunteer effort to help has been astounding to me. I, because I'm used to kind of carrying the burden, I don't complain, I just kind of do it. To see that there are so many people out there who want to help and want to be a part of it, and and are happy to come in on a weekend and it's, you know give us six hours, uh, is just astounding to me. I'm I'm still overwhelmed whenever it happens.
0: All right. Randy Lake. Thank you so much for joining us again. Thanks, Tony. As always, a pleasure to sit down and chat with Randy. Now, some news for some upcoming events to let you know what is in the works currently. We have a drama slam coming up. Friday, August 11th, uh, at the time of releasing this, I know that will give you only maybe 48 hours notice, but really, uh, what else could you do on a Friday night other than go see some fantastic drama? So, again, August 11th, we have our first drama slam in our new space. In addition to that, September 9th and 10th, we will be a stop on the home tour and Marshall's 54th Annual Historic Home tour. So, again, look us up if you make it into town for that. It's a fantastic event. Our next show coming up is The Sunshine Boys Plus A Tickle of Burlesque from September 14th through the 17th and September 21st through the 24th. We will get a chance to talk more about those in depth as we get closer to the show, of course. Don't worry, I'll return to the normal format soon, I promise. But I just want to share some of the fantastic stories that I have known for so long, having been a member of the board. A quick thank you as always to Kyle Booth who does our music Veronica Louise Photography who does our photography for us give her a like and a share on Facebook and while you're there give us a like and a share as well don't forget to check out our website greatescapestagecompany.com while you're on the web as well you can also check out our podcast on iTunes or if you want to go directly to SoundCloud you can find us there too I'm so excited to share these stories with you in the next few weeks I think you're going to love the theater even more once you know the fantastic story behind how it got to be where it is today. We will return soon with more installments of this series of interviews. And once we do, I will still be your host, Antonio Barroso. Thank you so much for joining us.